everybody, and welcome to The Table's podcast. The Table is a church located in Davenport, Iowa, where people are moving from greed toward generosity, from violence toward peacemaking, from isolation toward neighborliness, and from fear toward faith. Today's podcast is By Their Fruit. Let's take a listen to Pastor Rob as he discusses Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 20. Have you with us today? We have been spending really the summer um, studying and learning from and growing with the Sermon on the Mount, which is this collection of essential teachings from Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew's cha- Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. And we're almost through. Uh, we are in Matthew chapter 7 right now. We're going to read a, a passage close to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so let's give a good listen. Let's open our ears and our hearts to the Word of God. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. So a friend of mine reads this passage aloud and he (laughs) inserts the phrase, but no pressure when, when he's reading each verse. So he says, you will know them by their fruits, but no pressure. <laughs> Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? No pressure, right? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but no pressure, right? Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire, but no pressure. <laughs> And a lot of this, you know, what he's getting at when he does that is that a lot of people feel a heavy weight of judgment. Um, the the question of whether they're me- measuring up and they think about, they feel this whenever they think about God, whenever they try to pray, whenever they read the scriptures. And this is one of those passages that sometimes people feel really self-conscious when they're, they're reading it. And you're asking, am I bearing good fruit? Um, it, it, it does feel like pressure, right? I can relate to this kind of reading of this. I can be pretty hard on myself. Um, can, are, you, are you hard on yourself? Sometimes we can be our own worst critic, right? And I think about the fruit that I'm bearing in my life, and is it good or is it bad? And, and am I the tree that's good for nothing but firewood? Um, <laughs> yeah. But there is a, another point of view on this kind of teaching, um, by which, it, you know, if you're judged by the fruit of your life, uh, well, that might actually be a relief. Um, Jesus's words are a challenge to us, and they're very stark, you, you know, but within the same breath, you could see how they actually offer comfort and reassurance because <laughs> there are all kinds of ways that people can be known other than by the fruit of their lives, right? People are known for all sorts of things that a person really should not be known for, right? Um, We are known for how we look, 
or whether or not people find us attractive. Okay, We are judged based on race or gender identity or any number of things. We are known by that unbelievably stupid thing that we said five years ago. And man, we wish we could just write that out of history, but it just keeps following us around, right? There's all sorts of things that people are known for, but these are not things, these things are not the basis on, on which people should be judged, right? And and even people who are doing well, <laughs> you know, the way that you people typically get judged, even folks who are doing well in that system, people who are popular or well-liked because they're beautiful or they're funny or whatever, you know, these people often feel intense anxiety trying to hang on to their popularity, right? And, and, and trying to keep people thinking that they are cute or clever or whatever, right? And so for Jesus to say that a person should be known by whether or not they bear good fruit, right? Well, that is a relief, <laughs> you know? That's a guideline that's actually fair and honorable. It's not arbitrary. There is a standard, that we are meant to live up to and we are accountable, right? But listen, you're not going to be evaluated according to all of the petty preferences that the world is fixated on. All right, so this is kind of an old sermon story. Sorry if you've heard this one before, but but there's a pastor who is uh, talking to his church and there's a whole bunch of people there and he's down at the front and he says, he takes out a brand new, crisp, pristine, brand new $100 bill. And he says, I'm going to give this to somebody today, okay? And who would like to have this? And he holds it up, and every hand in the place goes up, right? And he says, but hold on, okay, now. And he takes a pencil, and he jabs the pencil right through it, and he says, okay, now, okay, uh, this is not a $100 bill. Uh, but he jabs a pencil, right, and makes a hole right through the middle of this brand new $100 bill. And he says, okay, does anybody still want this thing? And of course, everybody nods. Yes, we still want it. And uh, and then he says, okay, hold on. And then he crumples the thing up, right? And uh, he says, now, but what about now? Does anybody, does, does anybody still want this? And every hand is still in the air, right? And then finally he drops it on the floor, he stomps on it, and he smashes it around and he drags it around this uh, dirty floor. And then he picks it up and the thing is all crumpled, all dirty and pretty gross looking at this point. And he says, okay, raise your hand if you still want me to give this to you. And <laughs> every hand in the place is still up, right? Because everybody understands that whether it's clean or and whether it's crisp or whether it's crumpled and dirty, it is still worth a hundred dollars, right? And then, of course, the pastor's lesson begins that people should be viewed in a similar way, right? Um, people have inherent value. And that the inherent value of a person doesn't have anything to do with how we look or how fresh and put together we appear to be. We need to treat one another like our inherent value endures, even if we look rough or dirty or broken on the outside, right? We're worth just as much as if we were perfectly clean and put together. 
right? Now that is that is a good sermon story. I like that one. That one that, that one pops, right? That'll preach. That's what my, uh, preachers say you know, when you hear a good story. They people say that'll preach, right? Uh, and and this message, right? That that little anecdotal story that gets us part of the way to understanding today's scripture. Do not judge people based on superficial characteristics, right? What they look like, what group they belong to, right? But but let's remember that when we when we read this scripture just a minute ago, the passage for today is actually a warning, right? And the very first word in the scripture for today is beware. Beware of false prophets, right? We are being told by Jesus to beware of people who claim to be speaking the truth. The truth about God, the truth about the world, the truth about right and wrong, right? And there's a lot of people speaking about these things falsely. But there is a way to know if they are true or false. And that is to look at the fruit that they bear. Okay. So I have to say to my friend who, who reads this passage, you know, he read this passage and he, and he says, but no pressure at the end of every verse, right? At the every, because he's reading this passage and he's feeling very self-conscious about whether he's a good tree or not, right? And I might just need to tell him that this passage, you know, this passage is not written about you it's written to you okay that that jesus is teaching is to you and me and all of us that we really need to be on the lookout for wolves who are walking around in sheep's clothing okay and and a person's trustworthiness or his or her honesty his or her decency right is not going to be determined by the way that they look, right? It's not determined by the neighborhood that they live in, the amount of education that they have, the political party that they support, or the amount of money that they have to their name. These, right, are signs and signals. And a lot of the time we make judgments about people. We really do make judgments about people based on these indicators, even if we don't want to admit that we do that, or if we don't even want to believe <laughs> that we do that, we do it, right? But Jesus says that you cannot actually tell a true prophet from a false prophet. You cannot tell a truth teller from a liar based on these indicators, right? You have to look instead at the fruit of their lives. And again, this is all framed as a warning from Jesus. It is not a cute little nugget of wisdom, right? Um, that, you know, it's not something just for our, for our spiritual edification. It's actually a cautionary note, okay? Um, Jesus says it is, is it, it is dangerous to be unaware of, of falsehoods, right? And people who are not true. But the fruit of a person's life makes itself known. Think about kindness and compassion for a minute, okay? Any given act of kindness uh, might or might not be appreciated, valued, or even recognized uh, for what it is. You think of something kind uh, that you want to do for somebody, um, but there's no guarantee 
you know, you, you don't have any kind of certainty about what impact that individual act that you th are thinking about doing, that kindness that you're thinking about acting uh, on. You don't know exactly um, what impact that that specific thing is going to have. Maybe it'll change this person's life. Maybe they'll hardly notice it. Okay. However, a person who lives a compassionate life, right, such that kindness is actually their way of being, and good deeds flow out of them all the time, every single day, well, that person is known for their kindness. Okay. So I was a senior in high school, and uh, my mom was going to take uh, my younger brother to a school event. He was all dressed up. It was some kind of competition. I can't remember what it was, but um, they got a flat tire on the way to the place where they were going. And they called me from the side of the road so uh, that I could come and help them change the tire. I needed to hurry up because they were really late for this thing. And they were both wearing really nice clothes and they didn't want to get tire grease all over them. And it was a big uh, thing, right? So I rushed out there. But when I arrived, they were sitting in the car, seatbelts on, they were ready to leave. The tire had already been changed by a man who saw them on the side of the road and he pulled over and he helped and they didn't have to do a thing and now they were on their way, okay? And this guy was gone by the time that I got there. I have no idea who this man was who helped my mom and my brother that day. But I have a hunch, right? I, I just guess that that was not the only time that that guy did something like that. I'm guessing that he helped my mom that day and it was actually no big deal to him because he did that kind of thing all the time. Because he was that kind of person, you see? And I would bet that that kindness and helpfulness is something that he was and is known for, okay? This is the fruit of our lives. These are the things, maybe not any individual specific thing, but the fruit of our lives makes itself known over the course of our lives. And, and it is known whether we are a tree that bears that kind of fruit, right? Or what about courage? Okay. We all have shining moments. We all have <laughs> like that, that best moment where we, where we have a courageous moment, right? But we also always, we, all of us have moments when we falter, right? When we flee, okay? But those are specific things, but a courageous person, right, lives a life bearing fruit by which he or she can be known, right? There has, right, a courageous person is not defined by one specific moment that was good or bad, but by a whole lifetime of bearing fruit, right? So lately, uh, you know, there has been all this celebration of the congressman and civil rights leader, John Lewis, uh, because he died a couple of weeks ago. And he has been known as a man of compassion and courage. Uh, perhaps the most famous episode in history that he is associated with is the march to Selma, Alabama um, in 1965, uh, where there was this huge uh, collective action to demand voting rights for black 
uh, for black people. And when this march took place, the, the marchers were met with police who mercilessly uh, beat them and un unleashed you know, extraordinary state-sponsored violence. John Lewis himself was beaten. He had a fractured skull, and he almost died. Um, many, many people were were beaten and, and seriously, seriously hurt. But this became a turning point in the entire civil rights movement, and the Voting Rights Act was passed by Congress something like like a month or six weeks later. I can't remember the specific specifics of that, right? Um, but this was a very impactful moment. It was actually one uh, event and one episode and one chapter, you could say, of a very, very long, long story. An example, a shining example in a lifetime of courageous work. So the march to Selma was in 1965. Um, 51 years later, in 2016, by now John Lewis is a congressman and he had, he was a congressman for 30 years. Um, but he was still, 51 year, years later, he was still leading protests. So in the summer of 2016, you probably remember this, there was a very horrific, absolutely atrocious mass shooting in, a, in, in Florida. There were 60 people who were uh, killed. And um, there had been legislation crafted to try to do something about the availability of assault weapons and all sorts of things that, that feed into and that influence the, the, the prevalence of these horrific mass shootings. But the Speaker of the House of Representatives at the time, who was Paul Ryan, was refusing to allow any discussion of gun control measures on the floor of Congress. So John Lewis, um, at the age of 76, led members of Congress in a sit-in, right? An old-school civil rights movement, uh, public action. And they literally went down to the front of the House of Representatives and they sat down on the floor, right, to try and force a discussion of laws that could be passed to deal with gun violence and mass shootings in the United States. Okay, the Speaker of the House called a recess. They, they tried to cir uh, short-circuit this demonstration, but these protesters stayed put, and they ended up staying there all night, 26 hours in total, sitting on the floor, trying to force a debate on the issue. Now, their efforts this time were not as successful as the march in Selma was at enacting immediate legislative solutions to problems. Okay, uh, but it... It's a lifetime of prophetic actions like this, okay, that shaped John Lewis as an inspiration to so many people. This kind of courage, this kind of clarity, this kind of resolve. These are the fruits for which John Lewis is known, okay. Now, Jesus says, beware of false prophets, for they will be known by their fruit. And if we want to get really basic, really simple, and just simply talk about truthhood and truthfulness and falsehoods, you know, we really can see the fruit of a person's life. A person who tells the truth is known for it. Okay, you can, you can get away with a lie here or there right? And nobody can be, has ever been found to be a hundred percent 
honest, you know, without fail, except for Jesus, I guess, right? But even Jesus, you know, we only have, we only have a 30-page gospel here and there that tells the story of a lifetime, okay? Um, still, a truthful person is known for his or her truthfulness, right? When you make it a lifestyle, okay, people know, okay? They know if you tell the truth and they know if you are a liar, right? They do, right? Meanwhile, you know, any, t any specific time that you tell the truth, you don't know if it's going to result in the outcome that you wish to see, right? And there are times when telling the truth can actually have a high cost. That is why being honest so very often requires courage. And that is a fact of life. But Jesus is not telling us how to live a comfortable life that is free of hardship. Mm, no. He's telling us that a person is going to be known by the fruit that their life bears, right? And a person who tells the truth is known for it. A person who lies, a person who breaks promises, a person who betrays trust is known for that. Okay. One of my one of my greatest pet peeves is a person who constantly says believe me, right? Um believe me, believe me, right? Nobody believes you because you say believe me. <laughs> a person who is really believable will not say believe me, right? A trustworthy person simply demonstrates through consistent honesty and integrity that they are a person who is to be believed. That's the way it works, right? And the trust that grows throughout a life of being true and being honorable, a life of fidelity, okay? The trust that grows from that kind of a commitment and that kind of lifestyle, this trust is the basis for beautiful friendships, right? It is the bedrock of healthy families, right? It is, it is the foundation of vibrant communities, and it is the essential, it is the special sauce, okay, for a good, good life right? These are things that we can all see for ourselves, right? The fruit of truthfulness, right? Jesus' warning is also a reassurance. Every threat and every help, every villain and every friend will be known by their fruit. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. For more podcasts, blog posts, or to make a financial gift, visit thetablequc.com. Have a blessed day.